Well, I've been stuck watching a YouTube video this week, and the video is about the dynamics between a leader and a follower, and the message that plays over the video is about how to start a movement. How to start a movement. And it's not what you would expect from this type of topic. It's not a video of a great motivational speaker up on a big stage with an uh, audience of hundreds and hundreds of people with bright lights and a great top 10 list of how to be a great leader. Instead, the video is a shaky handheld cell phone video of a guy dancing wildly in the middle of a field at an outdoor concert as all these other people lounge around him on the grass. Now, surely you've seen or known somebody who truly dances to the beat of their own drum. Picture that person in your head. Whoever it is in your family, all of our families have somebody like that. That is this guy. He is dancing to the beat of his own drum. He is just enjoying life, being fully authentic, fully himself, and it seems like everyone around him is either too scared to join in, they're too timid, or they are simply just too judgmental, and they think he's crazy. Until just in one moment into the video, from somewhere up on that hill runs another young man, and he runs into the video, and he starts following the, the lead guy, and he's dancing as well, just enjoying himself, and this one lone person all of a sudden, the video says, makes the first guy a leader. It says the first follower transforms a lone nut into a leader. And then there's two people following him, and then there's three, and then there's four. And now, friends, we have a movement going on, and people start rushing in from all corners of the field to be a part of what's going on. And they're all dancing and just enjoying themselves and having a great time and being who they were, dancing to the beat of their own drums. Tuck this image that you've got going away for just a minute and hold it because we're gonna come back to it. After we spend some time deconstructing this morning's scripture, we always ask ourselves in the, in the preaching moment, now what does the scripture mean for me today as a follower of Jesus? And I think that this lone dancing guy and his followers is going to help us answer that question. At least that's what I'm going to attempt to do. So tuck that away. And now we're going to shift to a much less favorable topic, politics. Something where I grew up, we weren't allowed to talk about at the dinner table. But it is somewhat providential that on Palm Sunday, or Palm Sunday this year, falls smack dab in the middle of the presidential candidate race, of the 2016 presidential race. Because today we've heard the scripture of, of the story of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem and of the parade as Jesus goes to the city for the Passover festival. And what you might have missed, but we'll spend time talking about, is that in this scripture, in this story, Jesus gets political. So he brought up the topic, not me. It's not really just a parade about a donkey or sweet-looking children waving palm branches and, and walking into the city. What actually is going on here, for lack of a better analogy, is Jesus is engaging in what I would consider a Saturday Night Live skit, a political parody. One of my favorite biblical commentators called it Jesus' subversive street theater. And let me explain what's actually going on. 
Now, Jesus begins this parade at the Mount of Olives, we heard in the text. And I've got a photo here. This picture was taken from the top of the Mount of Olives, looking down into the city of Jerusalem at the east gate of the city. And so this location where the photo is taken and where Jesus starts his parade was the location where generations before the King David had left the city after the, the rebellion of Absalom and had left the city weeping as they went. And they had gone out from the east gate of Jerusalem up to the Mount of Olives and left by that way. And so the prophet Zechariah has prophesied that the Messiah will in fact return at this spot. And so this is where Jesus starts his parade at the Mount of Olives. And he goes down into the city, not on foot, but riding a donkey, as we know. And we know from history that kings, when they wished to come in peace into a city, often would ride a humble donkey as a message of peace. So we have the Prince of Peace starting at the place where they believe the Messiah would appear, riding a donkey into the city of Jerusalem. And that some of the Gospels say that as he went, people would, they were tearing down branches from the trees and laying them in the street, which is, was a traditional way to welcome pilgrims. But our text today says that they also took the cloaks off of their backs and laid them in the street. And they would have only done this for somebody they considered royalty or a king. And so as he goes, he rides into the city. This is um, Michaela Beale, one of our youth, did this watercolor painting for the Holy Week art exhibit. And I think it's a beautiful image to have before us as we envision Jesus entering into the gates of Jerusalem. As he goes, they're shouting, blessed is the king. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. So they seem to be proclaiming a very different message. They're saying Jesus is no ordinary person. They're treating him like royalty. They're welcoming him as a king. They're throwing their cloaks in the street and shouting praises. And this, of course, is where the local religious authorities get a little bit agitated. This, this SNL skit, which so many have before, has hit a nerve with with the, with the local religious authorities of the day. And here's why. Here's why I believe it hits such a nerve and that they order the disciples to be quiet. Is that because if the people were proclaiming Jesus is King and Jesus is Lord, then it meant that the emperor of the day, the Roman authority that Caesar was not king. Do you see the dichotomy being set up here? Do you see sort of what Jesus is doing? He's undermining the current political powerhouse of the day. And he takes it one step further because we believe that as Jesus was entering from the east gate of Jerusalem, that the emperor would have been coming in from the west gate also to go to the Passover. But he would have been coming in with his chariots and his wealth and his power and he would have been coming in as, one, as somebody who rules with an iron fist. So we have these two very different parades from people that preached two very different messages. And it seems like, at least for a moment, that the crowd, well, the crowd is with Jesus. First one follower, then two, then three, then ten, then probably a hundred disciples who had seen Jesus heal people and, and work miracles and had heard Jesus' message. 
And I think that this is where the scripture really asks something of us, where it hits home for where we are today. Because the story asks this overarching question of people that follow Jesus, past and present. The story asks, where does your allegiance lie? And I'll put that question in somewhat more of a modern term that we all understand in 2016. For whom will you cast your vote? For whom will you cast your vote? In 2008, as another presidential election was underway, one of my favorite authors, he's an evangelical Christian author and an activist, um, Shane Claiborne, wrote a book and he titled it, Jesus for President. And the image on the cover of the book was this. And Shane said that no political party should feel like home for Christians because no candidate truly embodies the teachings of Jesus Christ. And he warned us all to remember that the Christian icon is not a flag, but it is a cross. That it's not a donkey or an elephant, but it, that it's a lamb, the lamb of God. And this image has been really convicting for me of late, particularly as on Palm Sundays we have this political message in the scriptures and we have the scripture asking us, where does your allegiance lie? Is it with the king coming from the west gate or the king coming in from the east gate? Because those are two very different things to give your vote to. Two very different paths. If you decide to follow the emperor coming from the west, it means that you give your credibility to the political powerhouse of the day, the one that believes that might equals right and that sometimes we have to crush others to get to the top. But if you decide to give your allegiance to the king coming in from the east gate, to Jesus, it means that you believe the first shall be last. It means that you believe that God's circle of grace can enfold us all and God's forgiveness is extended to us all. It means that you believe we're supposed to find ways to love our neighbors instead of vilify them. Who you give your allegiance to matters. I really believe that because I've watched on the news when I'm able to stomach it, one political candidate after another falling all over themselves and kissing babies and visiting local coffee shops because they believe that every single vote counts. They really believe that, that every single vote matters. And I think that that's true today with who we give our allegiance to. Think back again to that crazy dancing guy. It was the first follower that made him a leader. The followers are key. Followers give credibility. Followers spread the movement. So I ask again, who will you choose to follow? I had somebody after the 930 service come over to me quietly and he nudged me and he said, so who are you telling us to vote for? <laughs> and I said, Jesus. And he laughed and laughed and I said, really? My hope is not to talk about certain political candidates, but to remind us that we give our whole selves, our whole allegiance to Christ. And that we're supposed to be following this, this Jesus who dances in this wildly different, authentic message of love and grace and peace 
above any message of a political party or a political candidate, we're supposed to be following Jesus. So friends, my prayer is, is that we'll all have the courage to do that this week. The courage to follow Christ and dancing wherever he takes us. And that our dance might actually encourage others to join in in the movement. And I have one closing word of warning for you. One last word. Don't be surprised if your dance upsets the powers that be. We'll walk with Jesus during this next week, during Holy Week, and we'll see what this political parody, this Saturday Night Live skit actually cost him. It's a dark path ahead. It's a dark week as we learn that it can be very challenging to follow Christ at times, to be a follower of Jesus. But the word of hope in all of that, of course, is that we'll walk it together. We won't walk this week alone as we follow Christ to the cross. My prayers will be with you this week, and I hope that you'll be here as we continue this journey together. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.